3: Hello, one. Hello, all. I am your host, Ray Harkins, and this is 100 Words or Less, the
4: podcast. Thank you for joining us on another week of introspective and hopefully entertaining and interesting conversations with people involved in independent culture. If you do not know the show, then welcome. If you already know the show
3: and you listen to it frequently, welcome again. Nice to have you. Let's pull up a chair. Let's have some coffee. So November is a special month in the fact that this is our fundraising month. And when I say fundraising, I've been giving this show to all of you, the internet at large, for free for over two years. That's not changing. That is always going to be there. This thing needs some cash to operate. And I'm not talking about a lot of cash. Like realistically, it takes me about 100 or so dollars a month to run this thing and that includes the storage fees and hosting fees that includes me paying Tom Richfield our absolutely incredible producer and editor some cash because you know he puts a lot of work into this he makes sure that this conversation not only sounds good but flows well i mean fortunately i'm i'm basically perfect and i very rarely mess up so his job is relatively easy anyways i'm being sarcastic basically i'm coming to you the listener There's so much stuff you could be putting in your ears. There are so many things you can be doing right this very moment, but you're choosing to spend it with me and our guest. And that is a very, very powerful thing. And what I am asking you to do is take the power, the power of money, because realistically, whatever we spend our money on is the thing that we define as meaningful or powerful or worth something and in this internet weird economy that we all live in, you know, PayPal and money going from bank account to bank account, sometimes it feels weird that you're not even spending money. Like when I buy stuff online, either through Amazon or or other places, you know, a lot of times you don't even feel like you're spending money because you're just looking at digits and it sometimes doesn't have that tangible feel. So, what I am asking for you, throw some money at the show. Visit 100wordspodcast.com. On the right side of the page, you will see a yellow button that says donate or you will see a link that says donate to the show. Click here. Basically, there's two options. There's one is a one time donation, which I I could care less if you were chipping in two bucks, five bucks, ten bucks, whatever it is. I appreciate it. And there's also a recurring subscription where basically it's like a magazine. You know, you're like, yeah, I'll I'll toss in three dollars a month. That's fine. And some of you already do that, and that is, it's so amazing, and I really appreciate that. And I, I send everybody free stuff. So if you donate money, money, I will give you free random stuff. So I really appreciate it. I'd like to give a special shout-out to Eugene from California, a friend of mine. I think he felt challenged by the last week's episode. I kind of called out people who listened to the show, but regardless, he, he just did the, did it out of the goodness of his heart, and he donated to the show. So thank you very much, Eugene. And I haven't even talked about our guest The guest this week, for those of you that are probably just listening to the show for the very first time, because this gentleman is a very popular gentleman in the world of independent music right now. His name is Jake. He goes under a name called Front Porch Step, and I didn't ask him how to pronounce his last name. So, Miguel Fresh, something like that. Jake, he does a solo project under the name of Front Porch Step, and I got hooked up with him. Uh, We had some mutual friends, but then his uh, publicist wrote me and was like, hey, I would really like for you to have a conversation with Jake. And I was like, okay. I, I had met him. I was familiar with his music. And so I was like, okay, let's let's get into this. So he was in Southern California. He was recording some songs at a local studio and we were just able to make it happen. And holy crap, am I glad that we did that. It's very similar to the conversation that I had, I don't know, maybe a year or so ago with Dan Lambton from Real Friends, where I really like being able to speak to a person kind of before they've crested, so to speak, where it's like the popularity is still rising and it's still kind of reaching this sort of fever pitch of either if it's like they're a band or artists is on the eve of releasing their first like full length or they've released their full length. But then now it's like the tours start to come and more exciting things are happening. I feel like I hit Dan at that pivotal moment in his life and I pulled out a cork and he was able to discuss stuff that he's never talked about before. This is exactly what I felt like Jake and I experienced. So many things that he was able to discuss in a long form sense of the word and be able to just express himself. Yeah, it's incredible. So let's, I want to get some other intricacies out of the way and then we'll dive into the conversation with Jake. So uh, yeah, visit propertyofzack.com, our amazing media partners. I really can't thank them enough for spreading the word of the show. And uh, like I said, visit 100 Words Podcast, donate to the show. Enough about pitching and all that stuff. Let's just go to the conversation with Jake. I'm very excited that, that we got this, this raw and uncut version of him because I could tell he was just he was ready to talk, and I just happened to be there. <laughs> Here's my conversation with Jake, and I will talk to you
5: afterwards. Well, I see you standing there. And your eyes are unaware that I've been staring at them all night, wishing the brain behind them cared about the way you make me feel or how your smile makes me nervous or how the fact that you exist makes me feel like I have a purpose. I'm sick of lying in your bed. Your music. Yeah. So,
3: it, you know, I think Jake from Pure Noise was the one. I've known him for a long time. So he sent me your stuff and was like, hey, sign this new dude. I think you'd be into it. Check it out. And it was one of those things where I was like, listen to it. I was like, okay, cool. It's well done acoustic music. Um, and then doing further research, where I was just like, oh, you're a hardcore kid from the Midwest. Um, that was the impression that I got. Yeah. The notion that you are an a, uh, acoustic musician, so much gets put on people because of that, where it's just like, oh, dude, so you're going to be writing about girls for about 10 years of your life. You're going to be like, you're going to fit this one hole in the music world and that's kind of it do a lot of people like sort of put those expectations on you where it's like oh yeah you're that that's pretty typical what you're doing jake um you know how does how does that kind of sit with you from that I think perspective it varies
5: yeah because there's a varying opinions where it's just like oh like either that's just your know, sappy like romantic like you know just whiny brat music and then sure. there's the people that still may not like it but respect that they like Hey, he's talking about that stuff, but he talks about it in a way that's, like, you know, different from the way other people talk about it. Yeah. Because the example I've used before is, like, where other people say, like, you know, I love you. Like, my music might say, like, you know, I love you. And whenever I think about you, I think about slitting my wrist because I love you so much. Like, right. you know, I'll say this shit that people would never put in a song. Sure. Because they think it's too vulgar or too out there. And, you know, I... uh. I don't really care if it's too out there because if I'm feeling it. Now, I've never cut my wrist before, but I just use that as the most like kind of.
3: It's a shocking the, metaphor. The sure. best,
5: yeah, the best way to put it out there, mm-hmm. um, because, I mean, I, I got told by a by a lady once. She was a vocal coach for a bunch of really big artists it was before I got signed, and I sent her my record, mm-hmm. and she told me that I'm a brilliant songwriter, but I needed someone to sit with me. And tell me what not to put in my songs. And I told basically told her to go fuck herself because I'd never heard something so offensive in my life. She was saying like certain lyrics, sure. And I know that I have certain lyrics there, like you know, a little out there. But if I felt them when I wrote them, like you'll, what's the point of playing music? Like isn't that the beauty of making music? Is it's you? It's something like you're creating, mm-hmm. and that's you know that's that's the beauty of music to me. I don't understand why you would write anything else than what you're feeling. Sure. Um,
3: With that being said, like the, um, because you're obviously putting yourself out there in ways, like you were talking about that. Obviously, people, um, people may be offended. They may, uh, you know, they may think it's outrageous what you're saying. Um, is you know, is it is it in part to like provoke a react, provoke a reaction from people where it's just like, like you know, whatever. When you're when you're getting a lyric down and when you've got that song down, and you listen back to it and you're like, oh wow, that's gonna that that could hit a nerve. Like, are there certain lines that, that, that have stuck out with you? I mean, after you've written it?
5: Well, yeah. Like the song private fears in public places, that song was written to tell a girl, like everything, basically I would will, be willing to do everything for her and please her in every sense of the word mm-hmm. and like not just sexually but in all sense of the word i just want to make her happy i would do anything for her. right and one of the ending lines of that song is dive my face between your thighs until i cannot feel my lips and a lot of people hear that and they're like that's disgusting You're right but to me when i wrote that song it was just like you know like let me let me do everything for you like i don't care what it is like just let me let me make you feel good in every sense i love you I, right. I'm, I'm madly in love with you and you know like half of these people are like, that's disgusting. And then they go home and like eat out their girlfriends. Like, sure. You know what I mean? It's like.
3: Yeah, well, they're, they're offended by something that you are. Basically, that is your explanation of what you are going through. And that is a common practice. Yeah. People yeah, perform they, cunnilingus all the
5: time. Yeah, they do. <laughs> and, you know. Yeah. This lady, I'm not going to mention her name. Sure. But the lady, the vocal coach was telling me this stuff. She was like, You know, that you'll never be on the radio with that, like new songs like that. And I'm like, First of all, I don't fucking care about being on the radio, and you can be on the radio. And I brought up Kings of Leon. She's like, I love Kings of Leon. And I'm like, What about the song Sex on Fire? And she's like, Well, they do it and they talk about sex in a beautiful way. I was like, In the second verse, he says the head while I'm driving. And I told her, like, You know, I'm, he's talking about getting a blowjob right. while he's driving down the street. Sure. And she's like, Well, he says it like he's not actually saying it though. And I'm like, saying dive my face between your thighs is not saying let me lick your clitoris like right. it's not you know what i mean like, yeah I, you're like i could have taken it more yeah you're contradicting right. yourself by saying well you're not saying because i never you know what i mean it, it's really dumb because yeah. people care about genres too much mm-hmm. it's almost like racism They're race like racial stereotyping with music sure because it's like you're playing an acoustic guitar you can't talk about going down on a girl, sure. But Nicki Minaj can. I'm not talking about white and black. Here. Right? I'm no, about no, music. of course not. But Nicki Minaj can put out a song that says, "I let him hit it because he slings cocaine and no one gives a shit." Like no sure. one points that it's, out
3: because it's part of that. Like it's, it's an it's accepted, rap. R- and it's an accepted part of that culture. It's like it, Eminem it, it, can yeah, yeah, say,
5: yeah, yeah. "Of course," on the Marshall Mathers LP. They say I couldn't rap about being broke no more. They didn't say I can't rap about coke no more. Slut, think I won't choke no whore till the vocal cords don't work in her throat no more. And like, that's cool, because it's rap. It's tight. Like, it's rap. (laughs) Oh, that's shit, Eminem. You're edgy as fuck. I have an acoustic guitar in my hand, and I say... Like you'll dive my face between your thighs. Like so can I cannot feel my lips? You're disgusting, dude. Yeah. You're the gross. You're gross. Sure. You're gross. Like what? Right. Right. Like, right. Right. You know, it's a it's a double standard. It really is. Yeah it's, yeah. it's and I hope you understand what I like compared that the race. No. Stereotype. No. No. I totally like it'd be like you'll know, it'd be like somebody seeing like you'll know, uh like a racist person seeing a black person like you'll know, say uh working as like a heart surgeon like yo that guy can't do that or yeah like, you know of course, what I mean or saying right. or saying Eminem rapping and saying he's a bad rapper just because he's white yeah it's the same thing when it comes to I have an acoustic guitar so I can't say things like that they're not acceptable right but if I if certain I was, certain
3: things are off limits for you because it's not accepted within that singer songwriter culture yeah and if I yeah. was
5: a metal singer like it would still be cool. You know that line might be too soft if I was It'd a metal probably band. be too soft. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like why? Well, like, you know.
3: Well, cuz you're talking about your feelings. You're talking about a girl, not that that isn't accepted. Yeah, metal but band, I'm
5: not right? talking about killing bloody killing a girl and murdering her. Right, so right. It's not acceptable in metal. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: Well, no, that's it's interesting that um, I mean, I knew that that your uh, your lyrics obviously push buttons in people that uh, weren't used to having their buttons pressed. As far as you know, what what you're playing, do you still get negative feedback from those specific like songs and pe- like people coming up to you and being like, "Oh man, I don't I don't know about that." Like,
5: well, you get negative feedback from everyone for sure. everything. Like, not yeah, not yeah. from everyone, but right. I'm saying there's always negative feedback. You never get st- stop getting negative feedback. Um, there's name one band that everyone loves. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, it doesn't matter if they're legendary. It it can be Tupac, and someone will hate Tupac just because he's popular, and they want to hate him. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's just I don't. I stopped giving a shit about negative feedback a long time ago because there's <laughs> well, it's definitely not constructive. Does it doesn't have any? There are some people. It it's constructive if someone's like, yeah, hey man, that song is really beautiful, but I th- I think that line's you know a little a little too inappropriate, and I think the song would have been much better without it, Like... Yo, know, I'll respond to them and you know, like I, I appreciate that, you know, but it's just how I write, but, you know, I appreciate your opinion. Now, somebody say it's like, yo, know, you're a gross piece of shit. It's like like who are you? Like I don't care. Right, like, right. You know, not saying that. I say that and I always have to like correct myself. When I say who are you, right, I don't mean that I'm better than you. Who are you? I'm front porch step. I'm cool. I'm saying who are you literally, I don't fucking know you. Your opinion doesn't matter to me. Right. So I don't ever mean like that I'm better than anyone.
3: Right. You're not – this person is not
5: part of your trusted circle. People always say I correct myself too much and I care too much about what people think. But I don't want to – I offend people naturally. So I try not to offend people too much without without them thinking I'm saying something that I'm not saying. Like when I said the racism thing, like I made sure like I was like – Wait, like make sure you understand what I'm sure, saying. Sure. But of course everybody will still take it the wrong way. Everybody will still fucking post something on Twitter or Tumblr right. about how I said something about <laughs> racism and they'll take it the wrong way because yeah. the internet's full of fucking assholes and Yeah. Well, I think
3: I think what you're doing too is I mean, you're putting quantifiers because you uh, I mean in a form like this, you can express yourself more freely. I mean, if you were to write something like that, you yourself may edit it a lot before you send it off to, you know, the print media outlet. But yeah. with this you have to put more quantifiers and be able to add more context so I understand where you're coming from yeah. and especially well I mean because you're 21 22 years old 22 22 Which so I had to think <laughs> yeah, you're like wait a minute because essentially you know in, in certain respects you're you are still finding yourself because you are in some sort of public eye there's a lot of people that are going to you know look at if you are you know whatever consistent in the way that you're presenting yourself. And you yourself are still, you know, a moving target, you know, it's like, I find that it's like, so much attention is paid to people who are, you know, whatever, between the ages of, you know, 15 and 25, it's like, that's the most volatile time in your life. Like what yeah. you do one year may be completely different than the next year. And so I feel like people that are, you know, throwing arrows at you, well, don't realize, you're just like, well, dude, you're still just figuring it out. Yeah, I'm
5: just... Well, see, that's the thing. Like, a lot of the songs on the last record, mm-hmm. people are like, you know, say, like, If I Tremble. They're like, oh, that song's like, you know, that song's kind of cheesy. Like, I wrote that song four years ago. Right. You know what I mean? Like, there's... I still... I actually, that song and Lullaby uh-huh. weren't originally on the record. And my booking agent, Matt Pike, who's basically... My my Jedi Master, my right. my Shook Knight, sure. you know, it told me he loves those songs and he thinks they should be on the record. So I put them on the record. And if I trembles, you know, people love all by. But if I trembles, one of the most successful songs on the record, like you know, especially I know that's at live is what I'm saying. Right. Like people go nuts when I play if I tremble, and it's just it's like fuck that song. Like, you're like of course, like, yeah, you know. yeah,
3: you're like that was so in my past. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It,
5: but when you go back to what you're asking about lyrics, my favorite part is that's very obvious. The Dive My Face line. Right. That it's something sexual. In the song Runaway, I say, uh, I'm so done with feeling numb that I've been pissing in the breeze. Mm-hmm. No matter how much these girls come, they never miss their chance to leave. And someone came up to me one time and they were like, hey, my friend was trying to tell me you were talking about ejaculation in that line. Is that true? And like, I told him you weren't. I'm like, it's totally true. Right. And they're like, what? <laughs> And yeah, yeah. It, what that line is, is I'm so dumb with feeling them because at the time, like, I just got cheated on. It's the same girl that I wrote the song Drown About. Mm-hmm. And Runaway was about the fact that she just found a boyfriend and they just started dating and, like, they're still together. This is like, two and a half years ago. And, like, they, she somehow found someone who was happy immediately after, like, fucking me. Like, you know like Not yeah. fucking me, literally, but, right. like, metaphorically. Departing from you, yes. You're yeah. ruining my life at that point in time. <laughs> right. And that song is, like, you know, was about the fact that I kind of just started dating random girls and, like, would date a girl for a week and we'd have sex, like, after dating for two days. And it was just very... You know, there's a lot of people... Like, I don't slut shame or anything like that, but I personally don't like having sex with a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I want... Sex is still meaningful to me. And, you know, it has nothing to do with God. It has nothing to do with religion. It has nothing to do with, like, you know, calling saying people that do that is wrong. It's just my personal beliefs. Mm -hmm. Um, And... But I was doing it just because I wanted to feel something. Like I wanted someone in my bed. Like a, I wanted somebody. Next you needed to a work. Sure, sure. Yeah. It was. Uh, I was completely. You know, and I'm not gonna say that they weren't using me back. I kind of would just find a girl that was down the a dude and basically just have sex all the time. And that's all our relationship was. And that's right. what and I kept doing that. So that line, my my lines are are so metaphorical and so literal at the same time because I'm saying like you know I'm so done with feeling numb. I've been pissing the breeze. Pissing the breeze is do whatever the fuck I want. Like, you know, just going out there. Uh, and no matter how much these girls come, like, they never miss their chance to leave. And yes, I'm talking about coming as in coming to me, right. but talking about, like, it doesn't matter. Like, you can get a, you can be the best in bed no matter what. But if the girl doesn't love you, she'll leave you. Mm-hmm. And that's what that line's about. And people are like, you weren't talking about ejaculation, were you? I'm like, yeah. You're like, I 100%
3: know, it was. I was. 100% talking about <laughs> ejaculation. <laughs> well, it, it's interesting. Cause, I mean, you're, you're bringing up a point I was going to bring up a little bit later where it's I, like... I knew it. Something I've noticed uh, that happens to basically every dude that plays in a band and because you, your lyrical content deals with a lot of this, where the struggle that... Um, in particular, like guys that are more um, sensitive, like the way that you described how you view sex as being like still a special part of your life in yes. the sense of like, you're like, oh, I'm not, I'm not just throwing this around everywhere. But the notion of girls obviously immediately paying attention to people who play in bands, like that, that exists, like that is a reality. Yeah. And so has it been a struggle for you to be like, okay, I need to be able to see a girl for kind of who she is or is she throwing at me because I do, you know, because she's seen me on a stage, which is, you know, f- for people like you and I are just like, that's irrelevant. We're, we're, we're just nerds that have played music. Like why, yeah. why am I cool? So ha- is Go that back
5: in time and talk to me in high school and see how you felt? Right. Right.
3: <laughs> <laughs> totally. Totally. But so ha- is that a struggle for you to, Kind of weave through the intentions of people because they, are, you know, there's obviously girls that exist that are just like, oh yeah, I would, I would love to have a story.
5: For instance, I've, I'm currently dating a girl, mm-hmm. and I avoided her for a very long time um, because she was too nice. Okay. When I say she was too nice, um, after some of the things that have happened to me, I try to avoid nice girls. Okay. And if a girl seems like she might be a shitty person, I'm probably going to date her uh just because i can foresee the future with that i'm in control of it like you know if i find out like three days later this girl that's known for cheating on guys cheats on me i'm like damn jake shouldn't have dated a cheater you know what i mean right
3: it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy and you know
5: i'm not uh, we've only been dating for i don't know three or four weeks close to a month now yeah so there's not like some like you know we were still learning about each other. Of course. But what I'm saying is, I I met her um, briefly, like you know, on the internet, and then we met for sure in December when I played St. Louis at mm-hmm. uh, a Never Show, Never Show, and she was very genuine, and uh, I liked her instantly, and I, I fucked her over a whole lot. I never, we never dated, but I would, I would talk to her, and then like I would just stop talking to her for other girls because she scared the shit out of me. Sure. Because. Girls like her have the capability of ruining my life, and because i I, I take things too strongly uh, because i I do have to touch on more sensitive the subject I do have abandonment issues i have uh, you know that's i'm diagnosed with abandonment issues um, no really? i't did you can be diagnosed with that well like a psychiatrist is like told right. me I have abandonment issues okay when I say diagnosed when I'm saying right, right di- prof- yeah. multiple professionals have told me I have. Now, there's other things I'm diagnosed with, like anxiety, that I just don't take medicine for. Right. So, uh, but when I say diagnosed, I think it was for lack of better words. Yeah,
3: no, no, no. That makes total sense. I yeah, don't yeah. just say, like,
5: oh, I have abandonment issues. I mean.
3: Right. You're like, I have, I have done the work on this. Yes, I, I've been told by. <laughs> right,
5: right, right, dude, right. I've been to so many psychiatrists in my life that I don't even want to count. Right, right, right. Um, I've probably been more psychiatrist than Gene Simmons fucked girls like this, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Like,
3: anyway, so you, yeah, sniper. but you were, you were, so you were saying you-, you
5: So you, when you, someone leaves me that I truly care about, yep. that's why I would date girls that I consider, like, shitty people, because, like, or that seem sketchy. Right. Not shitty people, because everyone makes mistakes. Right. The girls that fucked me over aren't shitty people. Well, they're they, probably just- They just dis- made shitty decisions.
3: Sure. Or, and they're just disposable to you.
5: Yeah. In, uh, for yeah, lack of a better term. Yeah. Not are dis- we're, 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 we're Disposable to each other. Exactly. If right, that right, makes right. sense. That does make sense. It's, I worry about this. I've, I worry about that kind of stuff all the time.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: Uh, not a lot of girls liked me when I was, before I played music. Like, you know, I had girlfriends, but no girl ever finds me attractive like from the get-go now girls find me attractive now because they see me on like stage or they see like they listen to my music so they're like oh he's hot right. but i'm not I, i'm aware of that i'm not a am uh, not that physically attractive of a person so most girls that i've dated in the past were girls that didn't like me physically and we hung out a whole lot and they just basically fell in love with my personality like, sure so, and uh, they wanted to be with me. Right. It was never like, oh, my God. Like, like you dude, you are Jake? Yeah. Jake, like, Jake is hot. hot. Right? Like, yeah, it was never like that. <laughs> right. So I worry about that. Like, you know, if I'll ever find a girl, and, you know, I don't know where this is going to go. Yeah, she's, yeah, yeah. She's yeah, awesome. Yeah. She's one of the coolest girls I've ever met in my life. I think it's one of the things where the worst thing that would happen is we break up and she stays my best friend for the rest of my life she's right. still, she's that cool of a girl got it because i i avoided dating her for a very long time right, because, right right, because of how genuinely awesome she is right and unfortunately my mom my mom and her are best friends that's the worst thing in the fucking world okay um <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, well yeah that definitely uh that'll keep that'll keep her in your life yeah um no so what but before we got too far the uh the so like the abandonment issues, like is this... So what, what was your family structure like growing up? Because you grew up in Ohio, correct? Yeah.
5: Me, let me make this clear first. Please. Me and my dad have a good relationship right okay. now. Um, it's not always like that, but we have a of good course. relationship right now. He's, he's not a bad person. It's just he made some bad decisions. Sure. And uh, when I was... I forget. I always get the time because... I always get the time wrong and the age wrong because the divorce lasted so long. Okay. Um, my dad left my mom for a woman that lived down the street. Okay. And my dad was like a huge, he's still a Christian, but like was a huge Christian like like uh what's the word I'm like for um like practicing Christian. Okay. Like he sure. used to go yeah, to Chico- church every Sunday, to, sure. Yeah he used to go to Chicago with uh um with a buddy of his and like preach to like, you know, juvenile delinquents and like prisoners and stuff. Sure. Like goes to the jails and like you know, stuff like that. Right. And he was, you know, I always looked up to him, you know, and uh, I kind of had, like, the perfect life. Like, we would go, like, camping, like, every weekend. We'd go to Kings Island and Cedar Point. We had season passes to, like, Kings Island, which are very well-known theme parks, actually. Yep. Especially Cedar Point is known in the world as, you know, one of the best theme parks in the world. But mm-hmm. uh, I, I promise I'm not plugging Cedar Point. <laughs> I'm just very proud to live in a state that has something that cool. Right, and So Ohio right. doesn't have a lot. Right. It, when he left, it was like... It you, were, you were shattered. Shit, like shit got real. And like a yeah. very, like, you know, very juvenile way of putting it, like, shit got real. Like were you like what, six, seven? Eight to ten. Eight to ten. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because the divorce lasted so long. Like the divorce sure. lasted like six years.
3: Right. Like it was a bad divorce. Like w- we, were you Were they battling over custody for you as well?
5: To be honest, I don't know yeah, what yeah. happened because Well, I usually usually when a divorce there was a gag order. Oh, okay. I me and my sister weren't old enough to know anything. Sure. So my mom would just, like, come home crying. And I knew my mom wanted to keep us. Mm-hmm. But, like, my dad had the house. My dad, what happened, like, basically what was said is, like, my dad wanted to keep the house and live there with his, like, girlfriend. Okay. Her, who is now his wife. Okay. He's still with him. And, and I'm 22 now, so they've been together for a while now. Yeah. But, uh, uh and she left her husband.
3: Oh yeah so this to, was a very calculated move that they both left their families yeah. for, to start a new one
5: yeah and uh, he like didn't want to give the house to me and my mom sure he wanted now yeah. my my mom either whether whether my dad wanted to take the house from us was some evil person or he wanted us he wanted us to like you know he wanted to keep the house for him and her and have him come see him he couldn't accept the fact that me and my sister were not going to accept his new girlfriend I still have it. I uh, and now, like you know, like I said, my dad would probably listen to this and get ticked off that I'm even like talking about her in a bad way. But it doesn't matter. That's 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 what's that's weird. You- that's what's weird about me and my dad's relationship. like sure. I love my dad with all my heart, and I fucking hate his wife. Sure. I, I won't speak to her. I won't go in their house when she's home. I'll go in her house their house briefly because yeah. I don't mm-hmm. want to see pictures of her. I don't fucking like her. I don't.
2: Uh, is she, it is
5: so? It, does that stem? There from- was more than he left her for us. Sure. She like, dude. She did terrible things. Like okay. She, she fucking yeah, yeah. I was going saying, like, is, is she was? I would be much happier if my parents were still not together and my dad left her and went and found a nice woman.
3: Okay, got if it. If that yeah, makes yeah. sense. No, that is I make would sense. accept
5: if my dad got a divorce from her and found a nice woman. Sure. And I could accept her as a stepmom. Got it. I won't accept this woman as my stepmom ever. I never will. Okay. Uh, and that's my choice. And anybody who has a fucking problem with that, can deal with it. My right.
4: dad. The show is sponsored by BetterHelp.
1: My, yo, yeah. No, no.
3: I, under, I, I. The only reason I was interjecting there was that it was I was trying to identify whether or not the because uh, I'm I'm a child of divorce as well, and my dad went through three marriages. He passed away a few years ago. But I, I, I completely identify with what you were going through in regards to the women that he would bring in. Like he would take me on dates. My dad was doing terrible things. Right. I would be. We would go out on a date in the morning, and we go out on a date the night. When I say we, he would take me along, and I would like mix up these girls' names. So it's like. I identify the I don't like this woman because he's trying to replace my mom, but like there's obviously a lot more yeah. with that with you. So that's why I was just trying to paint that.
5: Picture. Well there was stuff like my mom went to the mall one time yeah. and she took a like she saw her and the woman took a large coke and dumped it in my mom's purse and oh. like dumped it all over my mom. Yeah. Like she's just not a like
3: Yeah, yeah. A, but yeah, there's a lot there's there's a lot of, yeah. attached to that.
5: But what I am saying is like my dad, I wasn't gonna go near her. And I told my dad, like, it wasn't just about him leaving my mom. Because my mom has an ex-husband before my dad. Mm -hmm. who was my brother and sister's dad. And he cheated on my mom. But he knew what he did. He accepted it. And they got a divorce and they're best friends now. My mom and her first husband. Wow, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I call him uncle. Like, he's, (sighs) like, yo, he's my, he's more, you know, he's been a part of my life. You know, he's still like, yo, he's still makes mistakes but he but he accepted what he did and mm-hmm. like left my mom and like they got a mutual divorce. And he's sure. like, yo, I cheat on you, we're getting a divorce. Right. Uh now I'm sure there was uglier things than that, uglier conversations than that. Of course. But I'm saying it still ended well. Right. I can't accept that my dad's still with this woman that did it and like the way it happened. Yeah. And uh like I said, if he would divorce her and like yo live on his own, I would go spend Days at his house all the time, like right? And or if he met someone else later on because he's married now. My mom's other ex husband, okay, he's married to a different woman now, okay. And my mom and her are best friends, and I call her aunt, it's, right? So it's not so the, uh,
3: the, the abandonment issues lie directly from you feeling abandoned from your father because you I had know. such a close relationship with him, yeah, them. okay. And I
5: you know, it's one of those things where like I can't go spend the night at my dad's. Whenever we hang out, we have to go eat somewhere, or go bowling, or go spend money. You have to go out because right. it's too awkward to have them in our house. Because with my mom there, right? Because even though they get along, like they don't talk to each it's, other. But yeah, they, they it's can, weird.
3: They, yeah, they don't go
5: like they can say hi to each other.
3: That's of course, it. they they can be <laughs>
5: cordial but
3: not social. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
5: right. And I won't go to his house when she's there. So it's. There's no, we don't hang out. Yeah, you we, have to like, meet on neutral territory. Yeah, right. like we go get food and like, yo, that's hanging out. But it's always spending money when we hang out. We can't ever right. just hang out. Like, uh, now if I had my own apartment or something, he could come over. But right. I mean, my mom living in a, I'm the last of her kids to move out, and we both live in a two story house with like three bedrooms, two ba- two and a half baths. No, yeah, three bedroom, two and a half baths, and with a big backyard. Yeah, and like, you're
3: like, I don't want to leave this. Yeah, like why would I leave? <laughs> right, right, why right. I, I Especially have, when you're when you're touring and you're spending exactly. so much time. It's like there's no reason for you to move out. I don't out. make
5: enough money to have a pointless. Yeah. You know, you're paying for a storage space. That's all you're doing. Yeah, ex- exactly. Um. Yeah. But when I say abandonment issues, it was like that's what I'm talking about, you know. Yeah. My dad didn't leave us, mm-hmm. but he gave me like he didn't like he gave me like an ultimatum like if you want to see me, you have to be with her. I didn't want to be with her. Right. So that was how my dad abandoned me was like, you know, he, he stayed with this woman that did terrible things to my family and, you know, ruined, basically ruined, you know, they didn't, they didn't, she didn't go to her husband and be like, yo, I'm in love with this guy. I want a divorce. And he didn't come to my mom and be like, yo, me and her are in love. Like we, we want to be together. Like, you know, she's leaving him. I'm I, we need a divorce. It was, it was done in a very bad way. Sure. Sure. They, they you know,
3: yeah, there, ah. the, the, that there, that is why all those issues exist. It was handled very poorly. I mean, it's always terrible hearing those situations. But I mean, obviously, I presume that because of all those situations, like you know, when did when did sort of independent music kind of start to you know infiltrate your life? Well, that's a,
5: that's what's so odd is like my dad is my dad leaving and you know the divorce is one of the biggest things that has impacted my life and my mentality because it. It really fucked me up mentally. When I say fucked me up mentally, like, I mean there was, there was damage done mm-hmm. because I never had problems at school. And uh, I didn't know when I was younger that it could – that trauma could create like mental disorders. Sure. Which I knew like you know PTSD is obviously like a trauma-related mental disorder. But I'm saying I didn't know ADHD, anxiety, bipolar – could all be but then I found out that my dad has bipolar, so that might be hereditary, but I didn't notice it when I was younger. Sure. But basically got all these things and I was before the divorce happened, I um you know there's like special kids that they think are gonna do well. Mm-hmm. Like I was at a college reading level in the fourth grade. Uh when I say that I mean literally like you yeah, know, you're they, advanced, like sure. Advanced, advanced and I I aced all my tests, like you know, I did my homework. I was basically gonna be put in like special classes like you know not special classes like people with trouble but people like preparing for college early kind right. of thing and then the divorce started kind of happening and basically my teachers in the fifth and sixth grade fifth sixth seventh and eighth grade were nice enough to pass me regardless of regardless because i aced my test and that's all they care about because mm-hmm. they knew what i was going through but but they were still annoyed. They're like, "Why don't you just do your homework?" Like you know, because I would just goof off in class, get suspended, get in fights. Because what would happen is earlier, see, there's so much to say. Yeah. When I was earlier, it would be like I would be crying in the back of the class, and people right. would make fun of me. And then it turned into like I'd be crying in the back of the class, and like some kid would like you know, uh, some kid would uh, like mouth off to me. And I would end up like throwing like my book at his face sure. and like getting, well, suspended. dude, you,
3: everything that you're describing, you were going through, you know, the 12, whatever the 12 stages of grief or whatever. It's like, you were mourning the loss of the, the structure that you had. So yeah, of course it's like, you know, whatever denial, um, you know, acceptance, like all these steps you were going through. And especially from schooling where it's like, you were just, you were angry. And so you, at that point you were acting out and
5: I smoked weed when I was very young. Yeah. Like, very young. Sure. Like, awkwardly young. It was like fifth or sixth grade, I smoked weed for the first time. Right. And then started smoking cigarettes and started drinking heavily. For, mm-hmm. for the child, for literally the child that I was, I drank very heavily. Of course. Now, I've been straight edge since I was 15. Uh-huh. Um, I'm 22 now. It's going to be eight years in November. Right. Um, but uh, I still, like, I was very. I, I, I think, I thank God or whatever the hell anybody else believes in that I found Straight Edge because it honestly, literally saved my life in the most non-cliche way possible. Yeah. But uh, I used to get in fights a lot. Okay. When I say, I always have to make this clear that I'm not trying to act tough when I say I got in fights a lot because I wasn't a badass. I, I got the shit kicked out of me a whole lot. Sure. But I didn't like taking shit from people. So it's kind of one of those things where I would get beat up. I'd go meet the kid somewhere. Like, yo, i fuck this kid up. And then I would get fucked up real bad. Right. And that kid would not get fucked up at all. And like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, it wasn't so much of a fight, but yeah. you receiving punches. and Because I d- drove all that sadness, like this pure, like unadulterated sadness. Like the, nothing, you know, nothing, nothing could explain it better than just sadness. Sure. And depression. I forced into anger. Right. And I started acting out against my mom. Like I'm talking about, like a 13 year old kid calling his mom a fat cunt. Like, sure, like pure just, rage. Just and I, I, I want to s- fucking sob at the thought of the fact that I used to talk to my mom like that. But I didn't give a shit about anybody. Right. I used to, I used to steal like 30 packs of natty light from like, uh, from like families, like houses oh, like, yeah. where they weren't looking. Sure. And like I would chug because I've been in my friends' houses where they're. they're they just drink regularly so like their parents did so like if there was like a 20 like a six-pack missing no one would know no one, yeah no one would notice and i would just drink myself to sleep and that's what i did yeah and it wasn't to be cool like no one none of my friends really knew i did this because you were just it, trying to find a way to it, cope it, it wasn't cool
3: yeah
5: so uh i i started writing lyrics and like i always loved music because my dad played uh, my dad played guitar and he still does. He uh, plays country music. Okay. And he like performs at like open mics and like you know bars with friends and like goes to bluegrass festivals but you know he's never like really done much with it. Sure. Uh, anywhere near what I'm doing cuz he hasn't tried. Right. Uh he just does it for the fun of it. So I always had Martins and like you know Gibsons around my house and always knew like three of the basic chords and so I started like writing songs and I didn't even really learn to cope that way until I was like seventeen because I didn't really start writing how I felt till later on. Like I, I wrote poems of how I felt. Sure. But like my mom was like, you know, basically, my mom would read some of my poetry and not in a bad way, not like a bad mom, but a good mom. Would like, yeah. You need to show that to a psychiatrist. Sure. She's like, that's amazing, but like you need to show that to. A yeah. Psychiatrist. This seems this seems troubled. <laughs> like, yeah. To... Jake, let's talk about this because you know, the first song I ever wrote. Uh, that really was me putting everything into it. it was a song called So Help Me God, and it was on a So Help Me God EP. I took that EP down, um, so you can't buy it anymore, but I plan on basically re-recording, remastering most of the songs on oh, there. Oh, okay, sure. Uh, but the last line is So Help Me God, for instance, is uh, this gunshot will drown out the noise in my head, but these bloodstains won't cover the shame in my bed, and I can't think about it because I don't have the time, because either way I'll lose my mind. And I wrote that when I was 18. Right. And it was basically, I'm so ashamed of the shit. Because what happened when I was 18 was I dated a girl, she was 16, I was 18. Everyone said it like, you know, that's not a weird age difference if you think about it. Mm-hmm. But everybody was like, don't date a 16-year-old You know, when you're 18 maturity. Right. Because she's not mature enough. Because um, she turns 20 and I'd be 22. You yeah, know that's I mean? not a huge age difference. Yes, yeah. But I did it the right way. Because we were friends when she was 15, and I was like, you know, just turned 18. And then when she turned 16, I asked her parents at her birthday party if I could take her Take her a date, sure. Well, here's the thing. I was like the good guy. I was a virgin when I was 18. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I was like looking for wife material. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't like, I'm going to bang this 16 Yeah, I Yeah, can't wait 18. to get you right. Yeah. So, <laughs> I was 18, and I was dating her. And we dated for like, I don't know how long we dated, but... We basically decided we want to have sex because it was my first real girlfriend. I was like, right. Oh, I'm in love with her. Like, yeah, it doesn't this matter. let's commit it, it, to this. It right. doesn't matter if I have sex with her because I'm going to marry her anyway. Right. So Like, God will forgive me. Sure. You know, basically, and we had sex, and then we dated for a little bit longer, and then she left me for someone else. And I found out that she was cheating me the whole time. Not mm-hmm. only was she cheating me the whole time, but I was like her third or fourth sexual partner. Like she's fucking lied to me about everything. Yeah, yeah. So like she took something from me that was so sacred to me and not just religion. Like I wanted, like I was stoked to have sex, but I wanted to have sex with somebody that mattered. Sure. So you don't want ever, nobody wants their first time to be with like somebody, you know, I shouldn't speak for everybody. But right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Somebody that's going to fuck them over. Right, right, right. You know, I hear all these stories about like, you know, people like losing their virginity to their best friend because they both wanted to lose their virginity. And back then, I didn't want that. But now I think that like that'd be much like, oh, tighter. Okay. <laughs> It'd be much tighter than ruining somebody that lied to me. Right. uh So that song was about like you know, these blood stains won't cover this gunshot killing myself. Will like will end everything, but these blood stains like you know. The blood all over my bed I won't cover the shame like you know my mom finds out that I lost my virginity like, you know like, shit. Yeah, like yeah I yeah. cared too much at the time but sure all this but
1: so like, wh- so imagine
5: so that morbidness yeah times like three when I was like 13 right right just right terrible
3: things. of course well yeah you were you were you were yeah you, you were in the midst of a breakdown and you were just trying to find something to hold on to yeah in any capacity yeah Correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like, I mean, your your city and area, I mean, the the Midwest isn't notorious for, like, hardcore and punk. Like, you know, there are obviously pockets of it, but how did you kind of discover it as far as, like, you know, was it, I mean, was it, like, through school, through friends?
5: I don't know what's up with you and people like Matt Pike that don't think the Midwest is notorious with hardcore. Well, you have, okay, you have have
3: Modern Life is War, and you have, I mean, like I said, you have pockets, you have Louisville, Kentucky, you have... Portions of of Texas, but Cleveland and Cincinnati, of course. I mean, Dayton, that, like right, right.
5: I, no, that's I, true. That's I, true. I grew, mm-hmm. I grew up in like, you know, I uh, I grew up with a brother. He's you know he sold out, which doesn't matter to me. Like I don't give a shit. No, he's dead to my, us. It's but, okay. <laughs> <but> <laughs> I'm just kidding. My brother's 36 now, but like I'm saying, he's 36. So okay, I grew up when he lived with us. Like you know, I didn't know what it was at the time. Okay, but, but you like, were exposed hate, to it. hate breed like okay. snap case. Right, strife, right, like, right.
3: All the great mid nineties stuff, sure. Yeah, yeah. And then,
5: you know, dude, just fucking integrity's from Cleveland. Like, yep. what are you telling me? Like, your hardcore isn't apparent in the Midwest. Go fuck yourself, Ray. I'll I'll defend that shit. <laughs> no, you. I, I will. I will.
3: And it's true. Obviously, I know it's not Vic- necessarily hardcore, but I okay. But ringworm. I should be. I should be more specific, like because you're because I mean the what's the name of your, Newark, Ohio. I live forty
5: five minutes from Columbus.
3: Okay, and that and that was outside of my awareness. So yes, you you can. Fuck me! I, I completely agree. I totally understand, dude. Fucking first of all,
5: yes, ring, of course. Ringworm integrity. Ringworms, ring, agree. Ring, ring, ringworms hammer the witch is one of the best records, uh, hardest records to be put out. I in agree. a very Long time. I agree. So, and that's from Ohio. So
3: I see. So, but basically, the point I'm trying to make hey, don't is, fucking insult me, right? I am not insulting you. <laughs> okay. The point <laughs> I'm trying to make was that like the the introduction was obviously like you. you so you kind of saw it out there with your older brother, and you were like, oh, like that's that's interesting.
5: Yeah, hardcore was definitely. I I don't know why I left that out. Hardcore sure. was definitely an outlet. Because uh, there there were. Because I know you can relate that you can go. You can. There's great hardcore bands. I guarantee you, from your time, from yep. when you went to shows when you were 15, yep. yeah, nobody gives a shit about. Nobody knows about. Of course, because they were a bunch of your fucking friends that didn't have the drive to do anything with it. Because <laughs> yeah. everyone can like. They're not big at all. They may have never toured. They may have only played hardcore. Yeah, release hard course, one so. seven inch and then you know fall fall but into the vaults They vault. meant everything to you, of course. So you know when I tried like Ohio hardcore was like huge. Yeah, but because every there seemed to be hardcore bands everywhere. Okay, but just because you know no H two O or like Madball came out of right. Ohio, people are like Ohio. You know, people say that to me, like Matt, like you know who came out of Ohio. Yeah, and I don't have like a, you know I don't have a. You know, even like there's no like have heart like you know of course franz from turnstiles from ohio and i think turnstiles one of the best hardcore bands <laughs> to come out in a long time sure sure and you can't tell me franz isn't one of the biggest reasons that band is amazing live because he's probably the most entertaining yeah 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 band member to watch, for sure yeah period yeah. totally and that's ohio yeah but um
3: uh but yeah dude hardcore had a big and so was that was that like your first introductory to independent music was like hardcore was that like mid 90s hardcore I used to
5: that's how I started playing shows was uh, this guy named Adrian who uh, was an old friend of my brother's he booked hardcore shows and he he was like he was the first his name's Adrian he was the first person to be like dude your music's great and I was like what the fuck are you talking about yeah yeah it was terrible right and he's like dude you need like and he put me opening up for shows he'd give me like 20 bucks sure like I, I was a 15 so he'd give me 20 bucks that was fucking money to go oh, see movies. yeah, right, right. And uh, he gave me 20 bucks to play like four songs before the show started. Right. And I used to open up for hardcore shows all the time. That's what I did. <laughs> right. And it's, that's how I got started playing shows was for hardcore shows.
3: Sure. So and did you did you immediately, like once you got up there with your acoustic guitar and you started to do that in, in an audience, um, you know, I mean, it's like, obviously the, the sort of knee-jerk easiest reaction or easiest comparison that people can draw to you is like oh yeah chris kraba and dashboard confessional because obviously it's like he came from the hardcore scene as well um but it's like was it easy for you to kind of go up there and just be like and perform not first
5: okay. not like i do now i right. don't mean say i'm good now but i'm saying it wasn't easy to go out there and do it like sure. i do now because i was young and naive and ignorant and I, I did the same mistake that a lot of people still make now at 22 right. is where they go fucking find a radio song that's a <laughs> top 40 hit and play it just so they think people because there's like a lot of opening bands that, that I've they've opened up for me uh-huh. or I've seen they're like that they will like you know cover fucking like Smash Mouth and be like ah like you know everyone will know the words let's so sing along Yeah. now for instance I covered on YouTube Lady Gaga's Bad Romance sure but I, when I cover songs, I only pick songs that, like, mean something mm-hmm. or I think can be made into something that means something. Okay. So if you listen to the lyrics to that song, like, you know, the, the song is like, you know... I'm very impressed because you
3: put yourself in the spot to remember a lot of stuff, and I, I, I'm not even asking you to do that.
5: I know, but... Uh, <laughs> Like the way I did it was yeah. like, it was lyrics are like, I want y'all ugly and I want y'all dizzy. But the way I did it, I slowed it down uh-huh. and like I sang the lyrics. I really, I, I'm not saying she didn't sing the lyrics, but you can tell it was a pop song. Sure. And like was just a radio song. Right. But the lyrics were so beautiful and so dark mm-hmm. that when I changed it, like changed the key and sang it slower, it was like, I want your ugly and I want your disease. It was very deliberate, right? Yeah, like, you know, and uh, that's that's different. If you want to, like, hear a song, Mm -hmm. like... Well, yeah, you're not just, you're not doing it for the sort of kitschy
3: factor that most bands do it, where it's like, yeah, they can't really get a crowd reaction for their own song, so of course they'll... Cover a well-known song from whoever. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Okay,
5: I overexplain myself sometimes no, a lot. Ninety-nine no. percent <laughs> of the time, I overexplain. It's okay. It's perfect. That's... I overexplain. Why I overexplain? Right,
3: right. <laughs> as front porch steps started, you know, you you felt more confident, and you're obviously out there from that perspective. As far as like you know, touring and was it you know once you started to get like even a little local recognition, was it? Did you feel like it was that switch where, like, I can't do anything else? I got to chase this down? Or was it like, well, I don't really have anything else going on? <laughs> like, what was, your, what was your mentality?
5: I didn't really think I was that good. Because people still, collectively, people still in my town don't give a shit about me. Okay. Um, I go to Cincinnati or go to Cleveland and I have to sign autographs, which I don't expect at my hometown. Mm-hmm. But I'll play a show in Columbus and 12 people will show up. Sure. Uh, It bothers me because like, you know, I – because I stopped – I thought it was because I played so much because I used to play in people's backyards and I stopped taking my guitar places because I was like, you know, I finally realized – I take them to my friends' houses. Yeah. But like to people inviting me to parties, I don't bring my guitar because like, you know, if you're not going to come to my shows, you're going to fucking pay me to play your party then you know, like – I'm not your. I'm not your fucking. Like, right your, in a form of entertainment I'm right not your now. Free yeah, yeah, entertainment. Right uh, now it's different. If I bring my guitar to a party of a friend that I actually am close with who comes to my shows and hangs out with me, and most of the time if I go play parties, I'll just play all covers that I want to play. Cause yeah, I fucking. Well, because it'll be fun for you. Right. Yeah, it's fun for me. It's not. I don't feel like I'm working. Right. Um. But I, I, it's dude, it's so weird. I'll go like I go to Boston and. You know 300 people showed up to two different both like two different Tilly's performances in boston mm-hmm. and it wasn't all the same people right so it was north boston and south boston so like i go to different areas and people people you know treat me like a celebrity which i don't expect at my hometown yeah but i'm saying i can't even get people to show up to see me like right. after i got done with uh, the acoustic basement tour in february mm-hmm. right before i left for work tour i did like you know like uh Almost like a going away show, mm-hmm. like, you know, at, at this local bar that I used to do open mic nights. I thought it was gonna be really cool, and like a lot of my friends were gonna show up. Like there was probably like twenty people there, but seven of them came to see me. Like you know, like, right. I was, like, just drinking at the bar, right? And it was so disheartening. Like yeah, you're like, what am I doing? Right. Like, you know, like what the fuck? Like what's <laughs> what's wrong? With, like you know? right? And I think a lot of it is you know I don't think people want to accept that the kid they used to make fun of is doing things that. They, yeah, it's they, great, right. Because like a lot of fucking metal bands in Ohio, like local metal bands that you could go search on YouTube, Google, and they probably want to come up talk shit about me all the time. And they don't talk shit to my face. They talk shit behind my back. And, <laughs> my, and then I find out about it. But it's, these kids, a lot of kids don't like that I play like five chords and got signed to a record label because they think their metal band that, it's, not, they're, they're not saying all of them are bad, right. but like this metal band that, because, dude anybody that knows anything about music knows that you can put five of the most talented, two of the most talented guitarists, the most talented bassist, the most talented singer, and the most talented drummer in the world in a band, and they can write a bunch of shitty fucking songs. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, because Cause cla- that happens. Your classical talent doesn't mean shit. You know what I mean? It's, right. You right. have to have a songwriter, someone that can build the song. Right. So they're like, oh, like, yo, I fucking shred. Like, yo, like I don't understand like, how my band's on a Warped Tour or something like that. And it's like, First of all, maybe because you're talking shit about somebody on Warped Tour, maybe you're a fucking dick. Right. Uh, that's that's the biggest thing. Right, right. I, I don't know, man. I just – I don't understand why. Because it's not Ohio. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati and Cleveland. Yeah. A yeah. ton of people show up. Right. Mad love.
1: Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.
0: This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at PurdueGlobal.edu.
3: Do you self-identify as Christian, like for lack of a better term? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, for <laughs> I mean, lack,
5: for very specify lack of a better term. Yes. Okay.
3: Because uh, yeah, and obviously, like you mentioned, you're straight edge. Um, I I myself identify with both of those as well. Um, a question I get a lot of the time is not so much from a religious perspective, but why do you feel the need to apply both of those labels to yourself? When essentially, obviously, you know, a lot of people look at straight edge and are just like, "Oh, like, well, yeah, you don't drink, you don't smoke, you don't do these things." Christianity should embody some of those as well. So I don't know. I don't know if anyone's ever questioned you from that perspective on, like, "Oh, why do you have both labels?"
5: <laughs> My Christianity is weird. Uh, there is a lot of weird stuff in the Bible mm-hmm. um, that I don't agree with. And I mm-hmm. know that there's plenty of atheists and like, you know, because there's a difference between an atheist and then just like there's asshole Christians, there's asshole atheists. Yep. There's Christians that are pieces of shit and they're like, you know, they, they're, they're contradicting, you know, the our purpose on earth, like, you know, stuff like that. And then there's the atheists that literally just live. Like, I don't know if they're, they had a Catholic dad that beat them when they were younger, but they like, you know, I'm not even being funny when I say that. Yeah. They just fucking hate anybody with the name, like, calls themselves Christian, and they live to, like, make fun of you. Yeah, take or, like, you down. To, like, sure. you know, fucking, like, take you down a notch. Consider myself Christian, and I believe in God, and I pray to God, mm-hmm. and I thank God for things. Um, I, I thank God on the, the uh, credits of my record. Mm-hmm. I believe in God, the essential God. Um sometimes I believe in Jesus Christ mm-hmm. uh, sometimes I don't, but I always believe in God sure because there's certain things that have happened in my life that have led me to believe in God and and think and know in my head that God is real Now when I say in my head it's out of respect for the people that know quote I'm using quotations of my hands <laughs> that know that God's not real right you know what I mean because everyone it's it's all your perspective and I guess the way, as long as you're not hurting anybody, I don't see why you should bother anybody. Almost mm-hmm. like, almost like kind of, I, I don't think being gay is wrong, and I don't think anybody that's gay is wrong. And the way I look at it is if even if it is, how is it different from any other sin in the world? Because the original point of uh, like sexual sin is like, is uh, doing anything, you know. Outside of marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know. Whether you think that's marriage to a woman or not. These people like. Are like you know. Are like basically like calling these dudes. And these women faggots. And then not being married. And then going to get blown by some girl. Like that night. Mm -hmm. And acting like. What the gay people are doing is a sin. And what they're doing is cool. I just try to focus on. The love that I believe that is with god and try to project that as much as possible and just show love for people because i don't i think even if even though i don't think being gay is wrong even if it is and i'm just i'm just you know a bad quote unquote bad christian i don't think i think there's a lot more things in the world that god gives a shit about than he does what that and but i don't think he gives a shit at all i don't think it's wrong because
1: mm-hmm.
5: i you see there's there's some fucking gay people. There's a lot of gay people that are better parents than a lot of straight people. You right. know what I mean? There's a lot of gay people that are more loyal to their lover and more, you know, more better people than a lot of straight people. And uh, so I hate telling people I'm a Christian because they get this preconceived stereotype of what I am. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you're a fucking gay basher, like, you know, and I'm not because I don't think being gay is wrong but then people are like well the, even if they don't believe it's wrong even if they don't believe in the bible the bible says man should not live with another man so you're contradictory like you you're contradicting yourself like you you already like ruined your point you don't make sense that's what's so weird about the bible it's like i don't i don't know how much it was written by man cuz like even if I, you never show me the bible i still don't think that I, I would still not believe in god because i'm i've had thoughts of not believing in god mm-hmm. and i because I'm old enough to think for myself, I'm not brainwashed.
3: Sure, if, even though even though you were raised in, in the structure of it, you decided for yourself that God is meaningful.
5: Yes, yeah. to, in my life, and uh, I'm trying to explain this right. Let's say.
3: Well, I, I I mean to interrupt your thought, I would probably imagine it's the same way. Like I was the original question I was saying, where it's like identifying yourself as Christian and obviously a straight edge. Where it's like when you say you straight edge, people immediately put you immediately think the worst of that that movement as well, where it's like, oh, so you beat people up that, <laughs> you know, drink beer. Fuck well, yeah, I do. Piece yeah, of shit. Um, but you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah, I understand. Yeah.
5: But Frisian is almost like – but people don't collectively know about straight edge. It's true. A right. lot of people – there's still people that of think course. like straight edge – like yeah, man. Like I'm, I'm gonna be straight edge this weekend. Right, like, and they're not being rude. They just don't <laughs> no. know the fuck they're talking about. No, no, no. They don't understand that it's for life. Right. So, uh, but Christian, like the Westboro Baptist Church and like your know, stuff like that is like, of course, you know, made Christianity like you, know, what well, it is today. Right. And, 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 like not made Christianity what it is. They no, made no, no. the preconceived stereotype of what right. Christianity is. And then you got motherfuckers like Joel Olstein. Without fucking, I want to punch that dude in the fucking face. There's you have these churches that you walk into them. The goddamn preacher is driving a fucking Lexus, like a 2014 Lexus, mm-hmm. and there's 52 inch screens all over, and the fucking preacher's reading off an iPad, and there's a bunch of people. Every church should be the size to fit its congregation, and the rest of the money should be put in a fucking bank account for and be used. To help people. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't. And keep the church. Like you know. If there's an electrical problem. Like yo. Our electric system broke. We're going to need. You know. They keep yeah, the like lights on. We're going to need. You know. A thousand dollars. To fix the electrical system. Take a thousand dollars. They should be going out. And they should be fucking. I, I, I don't go to church. Because I can't find a church like this. You know. They go. They should go. You know. Give money to battered women's shelters. If. If. They shouldn't ask for money. You know. They shouldn't. Ask for money. And tithe. If they're not going to use it for God's work, sure. whatever, when I consider God's work, I mean, going out and going to you know. Hel-
3: whatever, helping their congregation, helping their local community. And yeah, totally. When a church turns into a business and it becomes like, you know, the, the, the Walmartification of a church when it's like their only goal is to keep growing, to keep I mean, there's a difference between growing and witnessing, and I think that's that's probably that's the distinction that you are looking at, where it's Dude, like... Dude,
5: if you have a 50-minute podcast, if I start talking about fucking Christian music, we're going to have oh, a big fucking no, no, problem. No, 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 for sure. The episode, if you're a Christian, yeah, if you're listening to this and you're a Christian, go look up the Faith Plus One episode of South Park, and it is the most honest representation of what Christian music is today. Oh, yeah. Keep in these... When I say brainwashed, I mean just as brainwashed as a child who thinks you know the next One Direction song should be a good song, should be known as a good song. Uh, Not saying I have anything against collectively One Direction, but anybody that doesn't fucking realize that Simon Cowell picked five good looking dudes that can sing and wrote a bunch of songs for them and put them out in the media and paid millions and millions of dollars for you to think that they're good. Because there's a ton, there's thousands of good looking kids that can sing that would have been One Direction. It doesn't. It, you don't have to be Harry Styles. Anybody right. could be doing what they're doing. Not me, but any good looking, good singer yeah, sure. could have been those five kids. Right. Same thing with Insync. Now there's people like Justin Timberlake that have a little extra, of course. But you understand what I'm getting at, yeah. And it's the same thing with Christian music is they fucking pay all this money, and they use they use the love of God as like it's a business plan as a as a like almost like coercion into you buying this music totally. Now, there's a band called Newsboys. Are you sure you've heard of them? Of course. Fuck the Newsboys. Um, <laughs> the Newsboys played this church in my state in Ohio. It's one of the biggest churches, at, at least in Ohio, maybe in the United States. $70 a ticket and it sold the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Fuck Tate, fuck Newsboys, You know, fuck, fuck DC Talk, I don't give a shit. That's bullshit. $70 is a fucking decent seat to see Elton John and Billy Joel. Right. Like, who fucking cares about the Newsboys? But everyone was there buying those tickets just because they have a song. Like, oh,
3: God's not dead. He's truly alive.
5: <laughs> like, <laughs> fuck <laughs> you. The, those songs mean nothing. Like, now, I've written songs before that are almost Christian-like songs. Like, you know, the song So Help Me God. It's mm-hmm. talking about temptation and my love and struggle with Satan and God. But any people just take, like chords or melodies from other songs and if they dude if you write a record, all you need is a push. If you write a record that says, I love Jesus, yes I do. I love him every day. Like you know, I'm sure I'm sure there's plenty people that might hear the song, they're like, Well why wouldn't he make that a yeah, song? Yeah, that's pretty good. That's so pretty. <laughs> like you're fucking naive and you're stupid. Like I I, I hate calling people stupid, but yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I have this issue. There's, there's this church from my fucking town where mm. this guy, you know, this guy leads worship. And I used to go to church there, and I'm just disgusted by it. He literally admits to purposely making music to sound like pop hits. Of course. To get kids to want to listen to it. So, he, like, he says it on his record. Like, you know, I wanted to make songs to sound like Katy Perry and sound like Lady Gaga. So like, you know, so kids will hear music they like, but will also be hearing God's word. Of course. Like, you're doing the wrong fucking thing. There's a band that no one's heard of collectively in the world. That, uh, they're called uh, Her Sweet Autumn Misery. They played like the small tense, like Cornerstone, maybe okay, a couple sure. times. No one's heard of them. They don't play anymore. Right. When, uh, people have heard of them, but li- as the collectively in the world, no one's heard of them. Right. He has this one song... Uh, called searching and it's it's so beautiful and it's you know the lyrics the verse are like you know uh um i want to live out on the road but i don't have to play guitar because um, i can sing well on my own um i don't care if i get far because i'm sick of writing songs that are only meant to sell and i wish that i could meet you not just through these headphones or speakers i guess i love to share a pot of coffee and it's talking about how like he doesn't want to he just wants to meet you and like he just wants to meet people and love have them a human and not, and not care about like your know, religion. He is Christian, yeah. but he's talking about like, you know, I don't want to write song and the biggest lyric in that song he says cuz you have blood and I have blood and that's enough. That's a fucking song. Like, yeah. that's a that's a song. Yeah. That's not like, That's not pandering. Jesus, you're my right, Lord. Right, right. love you my heart. Like, you know, it's just if someone wrote a song they said, I love you, girl. I love you with all my heart. I love you every day. People are like, dude, that song's like so cliche. That's played out. But somebody writes a song that says, I love Jesus. And people are like, damn, like that's so beautiful. It's so I got to get behind that. Yeah, it's yeah. so meaningful. I have – what it is is like – and I'm probably using literally in the wrong sense of word. Sure, Don't sure. give a shit. I'm going to say it anyways. <laughs> literally, it's like Kim Jong-un putting out a record that says – I love Kim Jong Un and everyone in fucking North Korea. Like I have to buy this. Album. Of course, like, right. I have to buy this album. It's the same thing. People yeah. here, "I love Jesus" are like that are Christians that are because if God if God's real and He created us and this is for my atheists. Putting out a big if right. if God's real and He created us or whatever, you know, why would He make us free thinking if He didn't want us to think? Like you know what I mean? If He didn't want us. To, to doubt him, if mm-hmm. he did make us, and he didn't want us to doubt him, why would he make it, us able to doubt, sure, of course, like, you know, just be just, robots i don't think God cares if you know we we go out and like think of you know think of different things like what if god's not real and you know that i don't think he cares if that makes sense um it's just it's just a weird thing yeah like i
3: well, no, I could tell, well, I, I could tell it's, it's, it's meaningful to you because you, even though you obviously identify it and you label yourself it, you've obviously had a lot of thoughts, you know, I mean, pro and con, which is, which is good. Because some days I'll,
5: I don't believe in God. Some people say you do Some you, days I don't believe in God. Oh, sure, sure. Sometimes, sometimes I don't. Um, but, uh, most of my life, it, I've always gone back to believing in God. Yeah. And, uh.
3: Right, and that's, what, and that's why it's meaningful for you. You, you don't obviously, the, the baggage of the negative connotations that come to it, come to the religion in general, that's what puts you off. But ultimately, you can't deny that of the positive effects that it's had on your life. And that's, that's ultimately what's going to guide you.
5: And the big thing is I don't, I'm not against people being Jewish. I'm not against people being Muslim. I'm sure. sorry. I'm, okay. I don't mean to be ignorant. <laughs> but uh, I don't have a problem with people being Buddhist because here's the way I look at it. I I left out a part. That song's called Searching because he says because we all are searching, we all are searching, and we're literally just all on this life, regardless if there's God. We're all just searching for purpose,
3: trying to figure we're, it out.
5: Yeah, yep. we're just trying to figure out what the hell we're here for. We're trying, yep. you know, trying to figure out what to do, like whether, like you know, who we're gonna love, who we're gonna, if we're gonna love, like you know, because some people don't believe in marriage and that's tight. Do what you want. Some people just want to fuck all the time. Like do what you want. But what I'm saying is, the people that hate on people that believe things because there's just as many. If you don't think there's just as many, like, atheist, like, religion bashers as there is gay bashers in the world, then you're very fucking blind. Right. Because Christianity is still the number one religion in the world, but there's people that are just mean to people just because they're Christian. Yeah. And I know that that happens in racism, and, you'll, and I'm not saying that we're a minority at all, right? But the way I look at it is that let's say that all gods are fake God is fake. You know, Jesus Christ is a myth. All this stuff, you know, we're all wrong. But let's say we, and someone knows that for sure. Like an atheist, he knows we're all wrong. Like, right. we're just, like, why would you think that? If somebody has something in their heart and in their life that is keeping them going and believing them, like a child believes in Santa Claus, or like a, you know, a child believes in the Easter Bunny, or like a child believes in angels, what right do you have to try to take that from them? whether it's Buddha or, you know, or Allah or, uh, or, um, you know, God or whatever you want to believe in, what, what, what do you have, to, you know, cause I'm sure there's an atheist homosexual person somewhere that makes fun of people for believing in God. And while they argue, you know, why do you, why are you against me marrying my husband? We're not bothering you. Why are you against me? Now I know that Christians are one of the reasons that people aren't allowed to get gay people aren't allowed to get married in most places. I understand that. But what I'm saying is people people are hurting their they're hurting their cause. Just like I see a lot of black people on my Facebook talking shit about white people and talking shit about you know it's the same thing. Like we're we're just gonna create a vicious cycle mm-hmm. unless we start learning to like love people and stop you know, hating people collectively. Because an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind. You know, I have a, I I know a kid. He's not my friend anymore. He used to be my friend. I, there, I know a kid whose aunt uh, is... in Like, she's literally insane. She's in, a, like, an insane, like... Asylum, sure. Yeah. She was raped in the Navy by two black people. And, like, I met her one time. Mm-hmm. It, dude, she, she has all these, like, Viking books and, like, Nazi books. And she's, like... Sure. She's completely, like... Really racist, like sure. she like she wears shirts that like have Hitler on them, mm-hmm. and uh, I guess there was a black person that lived there once, and she like shit and pissed in like a bucket and like threw it on him, Ugh. yeah, and she hates all black people because of those two black people, right? Now, if she could have met somebody, you know, and I'm sure there's homosexuals that fucking hate Christians, yeah, but if they would have met me first or met someone like you know someone like me that believes in God but believes that like you, know, you should be able to do what it like do what you want and sure. they might have a different opinion on Christianity yeah because people it's the same thing as like these you know white people being racist means black people not all white people are racist I'm pretty sure racists are, are becoming the minority in the world like you know not white people but racism like there's still out there but I mean like how the fuck do you think racism is like a huge part in the world when you have a black president? And I'm not saying that racism isn't there. and not right. a huge part in the world, but I'm saying, like I know a country for myself there. But <laughs> I'm saying, how do you think all white people are so fucking like hateful of black people? Because there's not enough black people in the world to vote in a white president. There's not. Yeah. If all white people voted for Romney and all black people voted for Obama, it'd be a fucking landslide. Right. So there's white people that voted for Obama. There's tons of them. Thousands upon thousands of them, right? Or there wouldn't have been even an election. And it's the same thing with, you know, Christianity. It's like you know, there's there's good people and bad people, and that claim things. Mm -hmm. And that brings me back to straight edge. I'm this is a circle. I promise. That's how I'm I'm coming back. Comes straight edge. Is there are people in the world? Maybe not now, but there has been in the past. They take baseball bats to people's faces because they smoke cigarettes and they wear an X on their chest or they fucking, you know, have an X tattoo on, you know, their hands or their legs or whatever. And people that person that got hit by the baseball bat might fucking hate straight edge people. Right. But if they met me, or basically ninety percent of straight edge people, they would <laughs> yeah. understand that's not the fucking way to right, go. Right. That's like not that's, the truth. That's not how straight edge people are.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Well, yeah, you just, I I think ultimately, I mean, everybody has their own personal experience with whatever, whatever, if it's a philosophical belief, if it's a religion, whatever the case may be, but ultimately you can't take your one experience and write off an entire uh, sect of religion. You can't write off an entire philosophical belief because you might have had, like, if you do a deep dive into it, do research, have more than one experience, then that's fine. And you ultimately come to the conclusion that you hate whatever race it is, no one can stop you, like you were saying. Yeah. But you you can't place a blanket statement over everybody that calls himself a Christian, calls himself straight-edge, calls himself, you know, Buddhist. Like, you can't just do that. It's it's yeah. it's ignorant.
5: Or people saying that, like, you know, Catholic priests are rapists. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not going to fucking No, say, right, you're not going to go to bad, right? <laughs> no, I'm saying I'm not going to say the Catholic Church doesn't cover up yeah, oh, this for shit because sure. it does. Right. But I'm saying— You can't meet a priest and be like, "This priest is a rapist." Of course, because there would be a huge if every priest was raping kids, like there would be, we would know about it, right? Right. Um, Now, now it's easy to cover up certain like certain incidents, but uh, because you know, like if a girl that goes out to a party and gets drunk gets raped by a, a man at a party which is very... Not a common thing, but I'm saying it's a very... It happens. Yeah, if you're like... People want to be shocked to be like, oh my God, like that person, you were raped by a man at a party? But Like, I'm not saying it's okay, but I'm saying that's a thing that happens. Yep. Those girls are scared to speak out against or tell anybody it happened because of how horrible and gruesome and how humiliating rape is. What makes you think, you know, a fucking young boy... Who gets raped by someone he looks up to? But of course, would go and talk about it. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying is like it's easier to cover it up. But I think if every priest was raping young boys or right. girls, it would be something known about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, but yeah, no. But I'm saying, but but my point is, it's not not all people. I guess why I talked about this so much because I have a big problem with the Catholic Church and sure. the way they like the way they talk about things and the way they, you know just like I do with a lot of churches. But the sure. Catholic Church just happens to be one
3: Entity, collective sure.
5: thing that I can speak out. But uh it's just, man, people, there's just so much hate in the world, and It kills me. Like I tweeted the other day, and it wasn't to get like retweets, it was just my way of like saying it so mm-hmm. people would hear it. I said, I wonder what would happen if a People dying of thirst received a drop of water every time somebody posted a hateful comment on the internet. Right. Like, they literally, they'd probably drown if that happened. Sure. Like, they probably, you know, in a bad way, they probably drown. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> My point is, it's like, like, why is there so, why do people hate so much? Like, why is there so much hate in the world? I don't understand it. Yeah. And, you know, I... I just don't. I just don't get it. I don't understand why people are so mean. Yeah. I don't understand why people. Why there's people that post things about people with Down syndrome and with autism. And recently in Ohio, someone dumped up you know told a kid that they were gonna he was gonna do the ALS challenge and he was so excited. It makes me want to cry. He was so excited and they dumped a, pu- a fucking bucket of piss and shit on him and video, videotaped it. You can look it up on the internet. I think it's world news now, but mm-hmm. it happened in Ohio. And like you know, what? Brings people to do that, mm-hmm. and that collectively is why I believe in God. Sure, not because, not because oh God will let that happen. Because there's so much evil and hate in the world that I feel like there has to be some answer to it. Yeah, there's got to be a light. There's got to be a light to, a light to mm-hmm. the dark, and not to say you know be cliche or like no, it's... you know be cheesy when I say there has to be light for the dark. But how can people hate so hard? Yeah, I don't get it. Now, when I know I said earlier I hated my my dad's wife, but it's because she's caused so much pain that I can't. But like I said, if my dad, I know not all white women are like that. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah, not, of course. I know if my, I know not all people dads who parents get divorced. I know not all dads are shitty people. Right. Because my friend Nick is one of the best fathers in the fucking world, and unfortunately, his fucking. Uh, his, uh, the mother of his child was on fucking Jerry Springer oh. and like, not with him, but right. with another dude like, oh, I'm fucking this dude and like, you know, and she does fucking crystal meth now. Like, you know, and he's one of the best parents in the fucking world. Right. So it's, I'm smart enough to know that it's not, you know, it's just she did so much pain to me, so I say hate, but I don't hate her. I would never wish death on her. I just don't want to be near her. Yeah, of course. I want to keep the bad out of my life. Right, 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 right. I could talk for hours about hate and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no,
3: but you're, I mean, ultimately, the, the the positive force that you're trying to put out in the world is obviously it's through music, it's through love, and it's through the interactions that you have with with people who pay attention to you, and that's like that's the most fulfilling thing. That you can put out there.
5: Yeah, dude, the people that talk shit about me on the internet, or the fans <laughs> that talk shit about me, it's irrelevant to you? No, but anybody that knew me, anybody that knows me, like thinks of those kids are so dumb. Because especially if, if we want to be specific, if I f- I found a band, you know, you can only do so much. I'm not a record exec, but like if I found a band that I liked and they were great kids, like you know, I would love to give them tips. Because dude, I may not have been doing it for a long time. I know I'm only 22, but I've learned so much. Like once you get signed and do one tour, yeah. How uh, do a real tour like with Never Shout Never or like you know fucking uh the, something sponsored by Van's Warped Tour or the Acoustic Basement where you do a real tour that's put together by professional people, you learn ten like you know ten years of high school like you know in a year's worth, worth of touring for worth, sure worth of worth of knowledge that you you didn't know before you did that tour. Right. And these kids like, there's bands that have played, you know, I have friends, dude, That I get arguments because they're, I'll try to help, they're older than me, they're like, you know, almost to their 30s, and they're in a band, and you know, they, they, they're they playing local shows. I try to give them advice, they're like, hey man, like, I've been doing this for a while. And I wanna be like, you. I can't be rude, but I wanna be like, why the fuck am I doing better than you? Right. And I don't mean that in a rude way, but yeah, yeah, yeah. literally, why am I doing better than you? Right. If you've been doing it for 20 years, why aren't you winning Grammys right now? Mm-hmm. If, if time is all it takes, yeah. Like, why aren't you winning Grammys? Twenty years—that's tight. Like, totally. Why? Why, aren't you, why didn't you do Warped Tour? It, it's about—and I try to tell these kids one of the reasons because people listen to my music they're like, "Oh, his music sucks." How is he on Warped Tour? Um, because I'm very respectful mm-hmm. when I speak to people. I don't kiss people's asses, but I t- treat them like human beings. Yeah. Um, I—I'm nice to people. I don't go talk shit about bands. Of course. You know, like a lot of people do. Uh like dude, the other day, Jesus Christ. I just let me say this really quick. I put tweeted some I'm gonna paraphrase. I said if you consider five seconds of summer pop punk and have never listened to Homegrown or Allister, you really need to reevaluate your life. And what that meant was if you consider that pop punk, yeah, check you, this. You stuff need out. to go listen to Right some Drive through records like pop punk, yeah, yeah, because they're not really pop punk. I said a genre. I didn't say Five Seconds of Summer is bad. I've heard like two of their songs. Yeah, I-, I never said they're bad, dude. I've received so much hate tweets from Five Seconds of Summer, like fourteen year old fans that did not read the fucking tweet right. Right, dude. It's it's so <laughs> it's so funny because I I I. They don't understand that there's no difference in me saying, "If you guys think Led Zeppelin is rap music, you need to go listen to Tupac because that's rap music." You guys have your genres mixed up. People like no one would be like, "Are you talking shit about Led Zeppelin?" Like I would. I'm just saying, I don't think that they're that genre. I think they're a different genre. I never said they're not talented. They're not even the best band in the world. I never said that. Like, I think Whitney Houston is the greatest singer that's ever lived. Whitney Houston is not pop punk. Right, yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Right, like, right, 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 I right. think she's – I cried. I bawled when Whitney Houston died. Sure. Because I wanted to see her live so bad. It was my goal in life. And she died.
1: And, and, and I fucking that.
5: cried my ass out. I was more excited than anything in the world. It was just – people will just hate for yeah, yeah, no yeah. reason. For no people reason. People are so ready to hate. My point is people are so ready to hate that they blindly see shit and they sure. just hate you. right. And you know, Just take the time.
3: Take the time. Take a second.
5: Yeah, just... Breathe. Reread what you fucking read. Yeah, and, you know, yeah, it's, um, yeah. it's just... thought oh, dude. People, I know. People just... People... People... Metaphorically, like, have their fucking guns cocked and fucking finger on the trigger and, you know, waiting just to shoot someone. Yeah. You know? no. And it's just... Like, you know... Well, you're... Holster you're, your fucking weapon. Put your safety on. Right. It, like, let's... Bre- let them, yeah, take a minute. Breathe, breathe for a second. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. yeah. like, you know... Defend yourself, if need be. Right. But you don't... Take a minute. Yeah, just fucking calm down there, chief.
3: Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I I feel like I pulled a cork off you, and we were able to go in places you haven't gone to before yeah. uh, in a long time. So I, I appreciate you doing this, dude. No problem, man. It's, it's been good. awesome. I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it. So that was a conversation, right? I felt like... I felt bad, because honestly, we probably could have gone on for another, like, 30 minutes. <laughs> but for one, I had to go. For two, we were in a recording studio, and the engineer was kind of like, "Okay, guys, I'm back from my lunch break. Uh, are you uh, you around? You
4: ready to record again, Jake?"
3: So, anyways, I apologize for the overly nasally voice as well because this sickness that I've been battling for like two weeks, I think, is trying to take me over at this point, and it just it sucks. So, I apologize. But Tom Richfield, as always, is his producer of the show, and the confidant, and just just general morale booster of this show and i can't thank him enough for that so visit 100 words podcast visit propertyofzach.com. in in the next week or so i'm going to be recording the year-end extravaganza episode this is one of the most downloaded shows of the year where myself jeremy bolan from touche amore and joey cahill the owner of 6131 records talk our favorite records of the year everyone loves lists everyone loves discussions about records so be prepared i think we're going to be releasing that the week of december 9th or 10th so get all of your 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 lists in order so anyways until next week be safe everybody